all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But I think that some people are just better at maybe not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like get out of our own way.
Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guests this week are Mick and Tosh from the Brisbane band Smoking Martha. They're a hard band to label, and I guess you don't really have to. Uh, they're sort of punk, blues, rock-ish, and you sort of just have to kind of hear it to believe it. And luckily for all of us, you get to, because that's what they do. They are playing on the Dead of Winter Festival, which is on July 7th up in Brisbane, and they're also going to be down here helping support Hammers on their EP launch tour, which will be happening uh, on the Gold Coast on August 4th at the Miami Shark Bar. Also, if you don't like the real world, you can check them out online at Facebook and Instagram, and they also have a website, smokingmartha.online. This is a great conversation. We talk about what it takes to make music, write music, what it's like to be on stage, what it's like to experiment with the connection to the crowd and connection to yourself. And they were kind enough to play us some live music inside the studio here. Tasha's voice is so powerful, it sort of blew the mics out. So you'll have to forgive me for my amateur recording abilities. But either way, it was a great conversation and this is going to be an awesome podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Hope you had a good week and I'll talk to you again soon. Like one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr, has got an epic, amazing little bit about this where he's like talking about people in the airport. He's talking about this lady who like eats an egg McMuffin. She's just like, like <laughs> pushing it into her, and then he just like wipes her face oh. with the bag. And he's like, I'm just fucking animals. He's like, What are we doing here? We're just animals. But it's good, like, I in the same way that you have like, um, you know, like if you walk around with some shit on your face, I talk about this analogy all the time. Like if you're walking around and you had like shit in your teeth or whatever, and no one ever told you, you just like be on your merry way. You just continue on <laughs> yeah. like, who cares? And it may like occur into someone's head be like, hey, that was weird. That guy had shit in his teeth. Okay. You know, and you just let it go. Like we are so centrally focused on our own shit all the time mm-hmm. that like other people, it, they could just be doing whatever the fuck they're doing and it doesn't matter. But if you're the person that goes up to them, like, oh, hey, get that out of your teeth. And the, the amount of shame for that little mm-hmm. minute of being like, oh, fuck, how long has it been there and then you get it out and then you're like oh thank god someone said something and that's kind of how I feel about like this this concept this idea is like if I could if you can personify the stupidity of the shit that we do sometimes and show it for how stupid it really is then people can be like fuck I do that yeah. <laughs> I, I am that idiot and then it's okay and then it's like it takes away the pressure yeah or any, any pressure or any any like self-doubt or anything it takes it away because we're all the same we're yes, all exactly. human and we're, we're all, all fucked we all have shit things happen and we all have like we all you know eat and might have something stuck in our teeth and some of us t- sometimes we make love to our kebab when we're really drunk later <laughs> <laughs> like you know like <laughs> <laughs> But like it's you know it's one of those things that I I believe I'd prefer to have somebody tell me I've got a big thing in my tooth like or else you just going around everyone smiling and they're just like oh yeah exactly exactly and the funny part is is that either way at the end of the day no one's gonna really care except for like if it lingers on Facebook for three weeks you know like <laughs> I, I filmed this I used to do this real stupid web series it was called Moitarded and it was me like the champ. But, like, I would go um, and just film myself in public doing real stupid things. And so I was, I, I, I did this one episode where I was in the water. I was swimming in the swimming pool. And I filmed the whole first intro to this thing with, like, a huge bogey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know at the time. And I came home to edit the footage. And I was like, I can't. 
can't, I can't use that. Like, what am I going to do now? It's obviously embarrassing enough. It's as stupid as possible. And then I was like, well, you know what? It's just so fitting. It is just so <laughs> fitting that that character is that retarded that she wouldn't even think to check. I <laughs> left it. I was like, fine. It's that's good. awesome. But that's what makes it better. It's just like to have to be able to be like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's just so raw. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, with your own acceptance of your own stupidity and your own shit, it really does help other people relax. Yeah. Because I think we we spend way too much fucking time trying to be something, Mm -hmm. trying to all the time be, I've got to be a thing, be a thing. And you know when you meet people, Lucas and I were talking about this last week on the podcast, you meet someone who's trying to be something, and immediately it's just like, ugh. I don't have patience for it. Like, I don't have time for it. Because it's not a human being. You're not talking to a real person. No. It's gross. And I think a lot of that, I mean, it definitely comes from insecurity. It's all the time. You, you're thinking like, oh, I've got to be this thing. I've got to show, I've got to show people my front. Yeah, it's definitely something I notice with um, people who are very unconfident with themselves is there's a straight up, there's a first sign and it's when you're with them and they just point people out oh, out of yeah. the road, like just random person walking down the street and be like, oh my God, what are they wearing? Or like, oh my God, like who is that person? Like there's always the one person who has to belittle somebody. Yeah. And it's like, why would you say that? And not even that, but the wor- my biggest thing is I always feel really sad sitting next to that person thinking, I hope that other person does not hear because I don't want them to feel for that little minute insecure or feel yeah. bad because somebody's just pointed them out in it. It's hard enough. Like you walk around, you walk around in a shopping center and you feel like everyone's looking at you. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no one fucking gives a shit. Like no mm-hmm. one is looking, but you just, you know, you can really focus on that. And if you do, like it's hard enough. And then to have somebody actually looking at you, pointing, laughing, yeah, or saying yeah. something. It's like, how is that for people's souls? Like, you can't well, do yeah. that to people. Because you've got that, like, because we've already got this paranoia, right? That every, it, yeah. it's a, it's actually a phenomenon in psychology. They call it the spotlight effect. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, so it's the idea that everyone thinks that the spotlight's on them. So, like, when we go out in the world, we're all the time thinking, like, ah, everyone's looking at me, everyone's looking. But obviously, since everyone thinks that, everyone's worried about everyone looking at them, nobody's looking at anybody. Yeah. But, so that's that's a funny thing. So we have this thing that thinks that we are in the spotlight. And then when something confirms that you actually are in the spotlight, as you mm. say, so somebody does point at you and laugh or whatever, or calls you out for something, then it is like, oh, fuck, this whole thought that I had this whole time is that real. people were staring at me is real. Yeah. yeah. And imagine that. So then you get this confirmation that, yep, everybody is staring at me. I am, I am like fucked or I am ugly weird or, or stupid. Or, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then it's so funny because when people are actually looking at you, like, for example, on stage or, like, you know, in the ring or when when people are actually watching you, it's a different feeling. Like, you don't actually physically – like, you connect in a way, but you don't – you don't – like, you could be looking at five people and a thousand and it would be the same. Oh, that's interesting. What does it feel like? Yeah. Like, having all that people staring at you. It's not – it's – you know what? I've just started recently – finding it a lot easier to look people in the eye. Mm. So like, you know, I feel like it's part of a character to be able to really kind of sink in and like when you perform, actually like stare into people's eyes. And it's hard. Like it is hard. (laughs) But at the same time, but there's this, there's this like, um, there's this really cool feeling you get from it because straight away they turn away. Like that Mm. nobody wants to be stared at. Like everyone's like, is she looking at me? Yeah. She looking at me. And they kind of look around and they're like, oh, 
And they just could not handle it. Like, nobody yeah. wants it. It's confrontation and nobody likes it. And that's why I don't like to make people feel like that mm. because you think, oh, God, they probably feel like that enough and then you're just staring at them. But at the same time, it's a really good challenge for yourself to do it yeah. because it makes you connect a bit more with your crowd. Like, it's kind wow. of like if you just look out and you just put on your own show and you don't even look at people, like, you, you look very much into the light. Mm. Um because when you're on stage, it's just lights. I mean, you know, obviously it's just like, yeah. you know, when you're on any platform, they just big lights in your face. Sometimes you can't see everybody. And sometimes it's hard to look at the people in the front because if you're a support, for example, you're just looking at them and they're just looking at you like, who are you? And get off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the band that I came here to pay for. Like, why are you here? <laughs> like, so it's oh, kind of like yeah, you get that one person, they've got their like chin, they've got like their jaws dropped and they're like, <laughs> staring at them you're like or you get that one girl who's just looking at you like fuck off like like their oh, face no. will just be like it says everything like their face has a million you know a million words it's just like who do you think you are I kind of think you're like oh, what God. I should have looked at them and then you kind of get thrown <laughs> off but like you just got to try and just like yeah if you have that confidence to just like knuckle in and just stare at people like really like if you have that control you tend to just get this empowerment that just makes you perform more like it's a little bit more of a this is a show like this is a character and you need to believe it because it's real but I don't want you to you know I don't want you to think that I'm not confident doing this because you know, that's the worst thing you want. Like, yeah. That's the last thing you want. Because well, you're coming from a position of authority, whether you like it or not. Mm. Like the lights are on you. You've yeah. got the microphone. So yeah. you're in charge, really. And, and everybody, I mean, that's that crazy thing is that you guys have a job to entertain, whether mm. they like it or not, whether yeah. they want it or not. It's your job. And that's it. Yeah. That must be really hard. Like, do you ever get that when you're looking out and you see people that are just kind of like looking at their phones or not even moving <laughs> yeah. and you're like, wait, we're pouring out of the end and you're yeah. like, come on, come on, move. And they just don't. No, it gets, it gets like easier. So the more you do it, you get more like, I want to make them watch by the end. Oh, cool. You know, like yeah. it's more like a challenge and we find it exciting actually. Like it gets, the beginning it was hard. Like you kind of, you think people are talking over you and you're just like, but then you just got to be like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to sing louder yeah. or I'm going to talk louder or I'm going to like stare you in the face until you look at me, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I want to try and get as many people's attention in that room as I can. Like there's, why would I be on that stage if I wasn't trying to do that? Right. So even though it might take time for people to get to that point, it's still, it's important to get there eventually at that point where you can just be like, I'm going to get your attention whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. And what did it, did you feel like you like it was really difficult to pull through that as you were younger or is it over time that you've got it or did you just have kind of a realization like, nope, I'm doing this? Yeah. Like I think it's taken, it takes a long time because when you, for example, when you're on stage singing, you try at the beginning, you're more just trying to perform affect things at a time so like at the beginning mm. it'll be like I'm, I'm actually focusing on my vocals like I'll be like I'm not focusing on the crowd I'm focusing on hearing my own voice and making sure that I'm in key yeah. or that I'm you know my pitch is correct it's all of that that starts you want to start with because at the end of the day you don't want to get on there and be shit like yeah, you want to sound good so those <laughs> are the focuses first and then you start like the more and more shows you do like I found that it started to get more um more comfortable and so you know when I would sing I wouldn't even think about it it would just be so natural that like I don't even 
you know, unless I can't hear myself well, then I'll have to probably sit, like really kind of focus. But mm. if, you know, everything's good and I can hear everything quite well, I'll just sing and it will just be a natural, you know. Yeah, and right. so by that point, when that started happening, um, which took a little bit, you know, a few gigs up your sleeve. And then when that started happening, it was like, I have this confidence now to be like, okay, now I'm going to work on how I'm performing and how mm. how I might look to you. So, like, you know, you think, for example, you might be doing something crazy, but it might be so small on stage. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you see that if you look back on videos and stuff and you're like, oh, God, I'm a fucking retard. <laughs> what am I doing with my hand? Like, what is that hand doing? I know. Like, oh, that, yeah. that feeling of, like, trying too hard is just the yeah. absolute worst. Isn't it? And it's yeah. good because you need to experiment you yeah. need to try shit sometimes but then you see yourself like, like oh <laughs> it's embarrassing like I still don't like hearing myself like back on a recording oh, um, fine if it's been fully you know it's a production and it's been properly recorded but not just the normal like on the phone I'm like oh but you know well, I find that it's um yeah it's definitely something that comes with time but when you get it you feel so much more comfortable in your own skin yeah. that you don't you know what I think you can't be fake. People are people are just too intuitive and people are just yep. too educated and they see everything online and everything's, you know, you can't be fake anymore. You have to be as real as you can be to believe it. Fuck and him. so with me now, like when I perform on stage, I don't think about how I'm going to perform. I just do it and be like... I'm dedicated to this. Like I'm yeah. gonna thrash my head around, but I'm dedicated to this thrashing my head around. Like yeah, it's not an act. Like I'm not, not just like pretending. A, oh, oh. I'm just, I'm just like a, yeah. Like I'm just gonna just be in the moment. Yeah. And so I do. Like I believe in it myself, and I feel it, and I just, I just think I, that's all you can do. Yeah. You just got to be real. And I'm fucking. That's the only way to live your life, too. I think, man. I think that's the reason why a lot of people are unhappy. Like as we were talking about before, they're hiding behind that character. But I thought this is an interesting question for you, Mick. Is that like, so she, you've got a guitar that you've got to focus on and think about. She's got this kind of pressure of of holding everything and getting it together. But you guys make the music behind her. Do you feel that same kind of pressure? Like, did you feel like ever, ever at any point you had to put on a show, or was it always just focus, just play the music? I don't know. I've always when I play. I don't like standing still. I get bored. Yeah. So I've always, you know, jumped around like a retard or whatever. <laughs> so it's always, I know, I've always wanted, because I, you know, I'll watch a band, I'll see people play, and I get bored if they don't look like they're into it. Yeah, man. So I Should feel you? like, or you can tell when there's bands that are like so faking it to make it sort of thing. Ugh. So I've always just went, well, you know, at the start, same thing. You look like a fucking spastic. Like, <laughs> you, you know, and you like look back and like, holy fuck, what was that? I but know. you just, as long as you're feeling it, mm. then, you know, it comes off real. Yeah, yeah, But man. I just, oh, so, and that, and even if you stand there feeling it, I guess that's the same for that person. But yeah. I find music, stuff like that, I need something to see yeah. as well. I have to feel that connection. So I've always just, when I play, I play like I'm, I'm pretty mobile. Like I'm always in it. Like I'm shaking my head around. I've got choking on my hair or some <laughs> shit like that. You know. So it's always yeah. I've always got that. So I, I, I feel you know I still sort of feel the pressure too when you walk out because I feel like well, the way we as a band play, it's sort of all of us makes a one one thing. Yes. And so you you know I feel like if you're not 
giving you all the whole time, then that's fake. Yeah, it's just like one dead limb. It's a chemistry and an energy thing. Like we, our whole band has always had good chemistry because we just feed off each other's energy. That's awesome. That's that's what you want, man. Yeah, I know that one of the my all time favorite things about CN because I love seeing live music, but. My all-time favorite is seeing hardcore bands, especially with really good breakdowns, like great drummers with breakdowns, because it's like you can watch that, especially when the crowd actually gets it, when the crowd moves like <laughs> this, and the band together, all together, up, jump, down, and all cool. together. It's just, there's something that is fucking indescribable like that. It looks like an organism breathing together. It's yeah. so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it was great watching you guys play, and that thing, like, especially as your hair's flying around together, like, that's one of the <laughs> ultimate things you'll never forget about in a good hardcore show. It's just like, boom, <laughs> everything all together. Even though we whip each other sometimes, it's pretty funny. There might be, like, yeah. you know, poor Maddie will have some hair in his mouth for me, or, like, you know, I've actually whipped him in the face before really full on, and, like, I've been next to him and at a show, and I've just gone, Phew! and he's just gone. Like, fully got slapped in the face, and everyone just, we had about five people at the very front just notice it and just, like, ah, like, just laugh. You've got your hair caught in, like, the pegs of the guitar as well. Oh, so I know. It's so, so funny. I'm trying to, like, move where she's going with the guitar because it's, like, stuck. And like I've even had, like, I've fallen oh down God. once. It was so funny. I fell down. I got caught in something, and I fell down, and then, I like, I was about to get up, and then Mick stood on my hair, and I'm, like, oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> Yeah, oh there's God. a few, there's some funny ones. We've definitely been through some, you know, some war zones. <laughs> how do you come back from some shit like that? Like, I noticed, you know when you get off track, and I can't imagine it, we're having to synchronize five people together at once. If one of you kind of starts fucking losing it, how do you guys get it back? <laughs> how do you get that together? It's always like you just, I reckon when that happens, you just think, fuck it and you lose your shit and you just mm-hmm. go the only way to go back from that instead of like being like oh and and like go inwards and be like freak out you just let it all out right you actually yeah. go the other way because you're like oh nothing could be as bad as what just happened then <laughs> yep. so i might as well just go nuts <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's a crazy. good way to be man yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I know. It's like it's, it's kind of like a because um, like a whole set. Like if you've got like a set from start to finish, it's very much like a process. So like it's, it might start a bit more chilled, and then it'll you know might maybe get bigger as it goes in the middle, just mm-hmm. due to you getting more energy or or due to slowing down because you've actually just lost all your energy. Like <laughs> so, it's just that whole kind of rhythm of like it could go up and down throughout a whole set, but. Um, yeah, as long as everyone's on the same page, like you said, it kind of makes everybody help each other. And you can't like where we're at with the four people in the band, the way how we roll. It's you, you don't even realize. You just it's kind of like I don't know this weird thing where if someone is like say Geordie starts slowing down, it doesn't affect anything because you you sort of everyone f- feels it anyway. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just kind of all I guess in sync sort of thing and. Nothing ever, no one ever, you know, drops out so bad that you no know one can come back, back from. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone's so, you know, solid and confident in each other, I guess. that That's important. That's actually a big one. Yeah. Saying that is probably one of the biggest things to have in a band is having the confidence that your band members are going to back you up. 
Yeah. So just oh. say, you know, because that is the biggest thing. If you mm. don't have that, there's your insecurities coming out. So mm. that's where the whole unconfident thing happens on stage where people, they're not quite sure what's going on with their band members. So they're like, oh, you know, I don't know if he's going to make this, if he's going to make this drum roll yeah, or if yeah, he's yeah. going to, if he's going to make the start of the song and it's going to be in time, like all those things. But we have the confidence in each other that you don't have to worry about anything mm. except for yourself. Just How do you put on build a good that show. confidence, do you think? By just, I think just being in sync with each other by jamming together a lot, writing music together a lot, and just mm. being together. Yeah. Just being like a family. You kind of trust in fighting. It's an amazing thing because this is totally exactly the same. If I don't have confidence in my trainer or if we're feeling disconnected from each other, there's a split second pause between when he tells me to do something and then when I do it. And that split second will be the difference between me getting kicked in the head or kicking her in the head. Do you know what I mean? Like if, and the only the worst fight I've had, um, and one of the ones that I was just, I've took a really long time to kind of come back from this one. And it was, um, because, I had I allowed this split second of doubt. It wasn't that I didn't trust my trainer because we've been through a lot together and I, I completely know he's got my back, but there was this weird voice that I'd never heard before that was like, he's saying kick, but should you? You know what I mean? Like, I've never oh, heard that before. Right. It's like, usually he down. says kick and my leg moves, you know, yeah. and I just go, he goes, jab, kick, and you just, just you, wow. all you know is do that thing he said. But I had this weird moment where I was like, no, she can see it coming. You know, like, oh, somehow this stupid head of mine decided that it wanted to participate. Like, and it was like, yeah. ah, no, you don't come here. This yeah. is about your body and your trainer. Like, I'm yeah. on remote control. That's all. That's how I do my job. Yeah. And yeah, and like, so whenever that doubt arise, and, and then, and the other thing about your doubt is that if you don't show up to training the week before, if you, you go through the six week fight camp and you didn't do your full run a couple times a week or whatever, you didn't put in your full effort, that also appears in the fight. It doesn't appear during training camp. You all the time during training camp, you'll make excuses for yourself, whatever you want to do. And I've, I've from the very beginning know that voice of doubt so well from making artwork wow. that I was like, fuck that. I'm, I will <laughs> never, I will never like go uh, skimp out on a run. I won't show up to training. I must go. I must do it because I know that stupid voice so well that the second I get in the ring, it's going to go, remember on day 27? <laughs> <laughs> remember that time you were supposed to climb those stairs and you did? Like, it's the, my That's <laughs> happening now. You're being punished yeah, right it's now. It's coming right now. She's going to kick you in the face. <laughs> That's exa- I mean, obviously, it's not to an extreme of what you're going through when you fight, but it is definitely the same thing. If we don't jam together and rehearse and if we don't do all the right things, then exactly, we're not going to be as tight when we get up on that stage. And yeah. that, that doubt, like that whole thing of um you know I think I reckon that definitely comes when you're you've gotten the confidence Mm -hmm. and that confidence is as you know starting to um I guess be a bit more independent and so I reckon you you know it's the time where you start thinking like I have done this for so long and I'm very confident in myself that I'm making the right decision yeah but you know, it happens with songwriting as well. Oh, it's fuck. a thing of like, you know, you get these four creative people who are, you know, they they work together well, but then all of a sudden, you know, a conf- an overconfidence will come through and be like, well, actually, this mm. this structure doesn't suit me. I don't think that's going to be the right thing for the song. And blah, blah, blah. And then that's when it just goes, oh. And then everyone's just like, ah. <laughs> you know, and it becomes like a, no one can agree on an ending. Yeah. And it happens because you've got four capable people and very good musicians or great mm. people and it's like, why should you not listen to them and yeah. they're, you know, and try what they want to do. 
Yeah. I mean, so with your situation, it's like, well, you tried it because you had that voice and you're like, well, I, uh, you know, I believe that this is what, so you mm. tried it. Yeah. But then you learn your lesson, you know, <laughs> and we learn our lesson. Shit, Lana. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like, well, we kind of get that too, where we, it might take a little while to get to that point though. It's like, yeah, okay, actually, actually you're right. Like it's actually not working. Like that's not yeah. how we need to write right now. Yeah. And so, you can lead yourselves down shitty tracks too, mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, there's that real bad, scary curse of that second album and you fucked oh, it up. You know, you go, don't say, don't say that. <laughs> We're writing ours at the moment. We've got our second album. We're writing it. But the difference is with this compared to our first album this is why it's quite, you know, it's a bit of a, because the first album was written over quite a bit of time and oh, it, there cool. was no pressure on like an end date or anything. Mm. It was just like start it, start writing and bits and pieces were coming out and, and you know, it was getting written over time. So this time though, it's a bit different. There is more of a time on it and we do have a time frame that it needs mm. to come out. We can't leave it too long before bringing out a second album. Yeah, cool. And so at this point where like, like it's a different, a whole different vibe it's a bit more of a push and it's a it's a good thing though it's a challenge Mm. and again something we're very capable of doing but it's like we just need to you need to find that formula Mm. and when you have that formula things just run so much more smoothly yeah and as creative people uh, I mean fucking it's like my kryptonite is that procrastination Mm. is the absolute worst isn't it because all the time there's just so many possibilities I mean you really can go infinitely in any direction all the time that's what the whole point (laughs) of being creative is is to take that infinite potential and turn it into a reality and so I can imagine you guys get stuck you'd get dead stuck in loops all the time because one person's got an infinite idea of what possibly could happen and then there's so many variables like oh what if we change change it and that's um I listened to this great podcast recently I talk about this book constantly. You guys should read it. It's fucking amazing. It's called You're Now Less Dumb. And it's a sequel to a book called You're Not So Smart. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And the book is about... cognitive biases that get in the way of our rational thinking so anyways this guy's got a podcast i didn't know about that until only recently and i listened to this um episode about arguing and about like the benefits or detriments of arguing or whatever and they were saying that um it's really we don't have a very good rational process rational is when we rationalize something it doesn't actually make us clearer or closer to the actual truth of the matter all it does is help us convince somebody else of our own opinion (laughs) and vice versa yeah And so what's really interesting about it is that in a group of four like that, having four ideas bouncing off each other constantly, you're not really in any major danger of getting led down one scary cult-like track. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) all of a sudden following some leader in to drink some Kool-Aid until it's (laughs) over, you know? Because you've got that bouncing back of argumentation. So it's not necessarily that um, you're going to be as open to somebody else's ideas, but that you have this exercise of putting forth an idea. Somebody else is trying to convince you of yours. What it does is clear out all the shit Mm. and then ends up behind it with what basically the whole goal is trying to be in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you guys are kind of have an idea at the center of like what you stand for. I mean, as a band, have you guys like talked about what is our sound or what is our thing or do you just kind of feel it out? Yeah, we're definitely more more of a feel band. Yeah, um, so good. we will always have been. Mm. We kind of we're not going to write to be something, and we never have. We're, our whole thing is, you know, we we do what we love, and we're just going to stick with that. And that can also bite us in the butt a little bit. We do get a few issues with that because, you know, sometimes you know the bigger people out there, promoter wise, they don't know how to quite fit a band in who's not a particular genre as such, yeah. or who's not quite 
that niche. And mm. so we, we can play with a very wide variety of different sounds because yeah, of it. Yeah, but that's yeah. because we enjoy putting that into our music. Like mm. we have a bit of blues, we have a bit of punk, we have a bit of metal. Like everything gets put into our songs because we enjoy a bit of everything. Yeah. And so like I find um, that can be hard. It's definitely harder not to have a full direction. But we're, we're slightly, after the first album, we definitely have more of a direction in terms of our overall sound yeah, okay. because of how our overall sound came out in our production, I guess, more than anything. But we are finding it a lot easier this time around writing um, for a particular s- overall sound a little bit more because we we do have a challenge and we do have an end date and we do, you know. Mm. And so it kind so of keeps you centralised. It keeps you a bit more centralised and it's a good oh, thing because wow. you can really go off and you can. You can go anywhere. Oh, God, tell me about it. I'm, yeah. I'm the worst one. <laughs> like I'll have an idea and I'll be like, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah. And then fucking three weeks later, <laughs> the painting looks like that. I'm like, what, what happened? Like I started out with That's like. amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, but do you know what I mean? Like you kind of start with an idea and you're like, this is really what I'm trying to do here. And then three weeks later, it's like, well, I don't know what that was but it came out in the end and usually I I agree that kind of letting it if you if you have a, a general purpose for what you're trying to achieve and then you let the natural process take you there it comes out so much more authentic yeah you know every time I've ever attempted to do anything and really constricted it you know and, and that's a scary thing that you've got external pressure labels or, or promoters or whatever that need you to be a certain thing for them which is always fucking creepy mm. isn't it because these are people that want to sell shit mm-hmm. they're not people that understand the value of music by any means or expression they just go are the kids gonna like it yeah. it might be sell a lot of beer you know <laughs> I was like, oh. but and that's the world we live in unfortunately but the cool thing is is that you have an opportunity to be, by using those platforms because those people care enough about you to get you moving yeah is that yeah you get you lock into that centralized sound or whatever that centralized feeling is of what you're trying to do and let your natural process take you there exactly how cool it is has that? to be real and that's the thing like we we just enjoy what we're doing and we're not going to play something that we don't enjoy yeah. and you know so you know sometimes we get called it's funny like we've had a we have random different kind of feedback I guess with our sound but you know sometimes we get called a bit safe but then other time because we're not like maybe hardcore or mm. or in the metal side but then sometimes we get called you know too heavy and then you know it's so funny it is like the most random um you know, like people see it in so many different ways. It's good though, because I, I, you're right. I can't really put a finger on what you are when I've described yeah. people to. I was like, oh, I've got this rad band coming down to do the podcast, and I was like, they were like, oh, what kind of music is it? I'm like, mm, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's just rad. Like, it's just got this really out of it and it, like so the difference between sort of like Sweet as Honey that song yeah. and then um, Stranger Things like Stranger Things is more sort of my style that's a little Rise Against the kind of feel to it fucking yeah. sick style and then you have this really rad rock anthem kind of feeling just yeah. like this country <laughs> thing like really rolling with it and it's like yeah fuck it do whatever yeah. you want to do because it is authentic it comes out mm. very authentic that was probably one of the, the most impressive things um, that reason why I chose that video of all of them to share was, was actually you how authentic you are in that video it's so cool like you're it's with that confidence probably similar to what you were talking about you're looking right into the camera and there's no acting 
about it. Do you mm. know what I mean? You know, you see somebody. It usually helps if I get real stoned because <laughs> I feel like I feel like smoking weed's like a truth serum. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I, I'll watch, I'll sometimes get dead stoned and then watch a um, watch a movie, and all of a sudden I can see the actors acting. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not real. I can't buy into the story anymore because I can just see them acting. It's hilarious. It's like really, <laughs> yeah. it's really fun. But that was one of the coolest things that really blew me away. I mean, the production value in that video is amazing. Anyway, who is who directs your videos? What we have is all it's different. Um, um, well, now, the recent ones we've done, the three, um, rec- well, sorry, the two recent ones. So the Say Your Mind sorry. one, the What's a Name one, they were done by our mate Tyson. He lives, he's down here in Gold Coast. He's a Gold Coast director. He's really good. He's fantastic, actually. He does a lot of stuff overseas yeah. um, with a lot of um, like campaigns and things like that. So oh, he's cool. more, he's more like works with models and army um, shoots and things like that. But um, he was great. He really worked well with us. And yeah. Um, so, he's, yeah, he was. He's kind of like a go-to guy now like right and then the, the last one we did was just a live video so that wasn't with tyson it was just shooting our um album launch so we did stranger things mm-hmm. um but that one was just like live footage from the the launch so that was done by another mate because tyson was actually away yeah <laughs> um and that was Juchi, like juchi productions yeah. and he's actually based in bali now he right. does like all the production over there for like the beach clubs and things like that oh, a lot funny. of in surf videos yeah. so he's yeah. Yeah. Lots yeah. surf yeah um so we'd used him as like a more live kind of shooting but sweet as honey was a while ago but it was um it was from actually another friend of a friend yeah. um damien damien and that his production um, was, company was monk monk why but he's yeah. i don't think he's the long he's any he's doing it anymore yeah, he went into a different business completely yeah. oh true yeah, yeah it's just i mean the colors in it and stuff were so oh, nice yeah. like it just it's so well done and really like the main thing i noticed about that was the very first thing when melina told me about your band that was the first thing that i saw and i looked at it and was like just blown away by really the commitment and like yeah, i mean there's just nothing no falsity to it you know like you're deep in that character but you're making rad sound yeah it was cool. so cool you know what awesome. i mean when you get you definitely can tell when something's authentic and when something's just not quite there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's any it, that's something i think like uh, in my opinion is the ultimate like life goal is to find a way to get yourself as close to your authentic self in every possible situation constantly through and through your own expression through whatever it is in the in your daily tasks in life and then in your interactions with other people so again like we were talking about before i mean i i don't know i'm trying to write this idea into a book and i think this i'm trying to get my head around it but i roughly think that the core cause of unhappiness in anybody is every time we get off track of that thing because i've never felt unhappy when i was authentically me Mm. you know have you ever noticed a moment where you just you're completely connected to yourself or something you're doing or an animal or anything you're just completely not trying to be somebody you're just being i've never been unhappy yeah ever yeah all the times anytime i've ever been unhappy in my life it's because i'm pretending i'm trying too hard i'm trying to force something that's not working whatever there's just yeah, so many true. things, so many things that I could say in this whole subject because it's yeah, like I know when you're young or you, you know you're going through puberty or like it's a real tough time and it, that was probably the time where you really notice it the most of being mm-hmm. trying to be somebody else because you're you know you're growing and you're kind of you you care so much about what other people think of you and you don't want to stand out. 
because you. But you also so want to stand out because you want yeah, to be different. You do want to stand out. So I know. It's, like it's a real <laughs> hard part of life, it and is. so that's a really depressing okay. part of life for a lot of people and kids. Like I even yeah. know I used to sit against the the um, bedroom door and cry just for no reason, just because <laughs> I felt alone, like yeah. as a teenager, yeah. and I just felt alone. And I just, I you know, I had no. I, but even though I was never alone, like I had great support group and family and friends, but I just they no matter what, if you're an emotional person you're going to feel the pain of going through I guess realizing yourself and what life is mm. and the whole thing with being yourself um I never really felt in my body for a very long time like I yeah. felt like I was going through life watching everybody else and and watching but also it was a good thing because I feel like I was really sitting back and learning from a lot of things and like sitting back into like, just say I'm, you know, just floating like a ghost almost, just sitting back <laughs> watching everything else around me. Yeah. And it, it, it took me a long time to actually feel in my body and feel like I'm here and present at that moment and to live it. Yeah. And, um, like I, I really think that it's hard out there at the moment because of the internet and because of social media oh, and it can really so destroy good. people. It is, I, it's a real hard one. Like we do this cause it's a creative outlet and we love it and we need, we need to have something else. Like we work, but we also, we need to have a love and we need yeah. to have passion. And I feel like social media, you know, it's, it's fake. It's a fake world. Absolutely. Yeah. You're on your phone. You just all you're doing is you're you're putting photos up about what you ate or what you what you're doing or, or feel, like filming an entire concert with your phone oh. up on your. I can't even handle that. Oh I'm like, my God. oh my god, put your phone down and enjoy it. Like, what are you doing? Are you gonna oh. watch that later? Like, oh, are you actually gonna watch? I'm that? really gonna enjoy this. <laughs> like, are you gonna enjoy I've your shitty a, footage on your phone? <laughs> I seen the singer from Strung Out kick just kick a phone out of someone's hand oh. on stage. I was it was the best thing I've ever oh, seen because that person out's the best. just oh they're playing tonight. Oh, they are too. I don't actually. Yeah, yeah Matty's going at yeah, the show party. Yeah, yeah. 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 heading there. Oh, you'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see him. You know the tall, lanky guy with the long blonde hair. You'll, okay, you'll remember him when you see. him. Oh, is he from your band, Maddie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, good shit. Yeah, I'll say hello. But yeah, they're good, good band. But yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. You're, you're absolutely right. It's oh. like, what in the fuck are you doing? So what I wanted to ask you was, what do you think? Do you think is there a pivotal moment in your life where that sort of where you made that acknowledgement where you were like, ah, okay, now I'm inside my body? Did anything change for you specifically, or was it just a gradual understanding of that thing? I think it was going through a lot of things. Like I went through yes. anxiety pretty bad, and um, like I had a whole time in my life where I just freaked out and just couldn't breathe like I was I think Mm. I suffered from it for like a good year of actually not being able to breathe properly so like it was strange instead of people having how they have anxiety attacks where they just momentarily just like have to you know breathe into a bag I couldn't breathe properly for like a whole year like it hurt and like it hurt me to breathe that I was getting worse and worse and worse and I felt like I was dying like it was the most random thing and it just came about from you know being at that age where um, maybe I was stressed at work or something was happening and I wasn't doing anything creative at that time yeah I I didn't have an outlet and I was just focusing on like making budgets and like doing what I had to do for my job mm-hmm. and not living my life and that actually and then all of a sudden it turned around too that I started realizing that family and friends won't be there forever and I, I might lose them mm-hmm. one day and then all of a sudden I got this huge panic attack moment of like oh god like this is my life and and yeah. it's going to end one day 
And so I think that definitely helped. And this one here, Mick, was my biggest, like, I guess, saviour. He said to me, and I still remember the words, it was like, babe, you need to do something you love. Yes. You are not doing anything. You're working and you don't even, you don't even draw anymore. You don't even, like, you know what? You used to sing and you always have wanted to front a band. Yeah. Why don't we start writing music together? And he had already been in a punk band for quite a few years. And at that point, the punk band was starting to kind of change and they were kind of, you know, dropping off a little bit. So Mick still needed his outlet and he's just like, well, let's write together. Like, let's right. give it a go. So we started writing together and it took time. But over the time, like, we were writing and so focused on it. Like, it was just another focus point. Mm-hmm. And we wrote and we just, you know, we got we were so into it and it just went away. The anxiety went oh, away. That's awesome. And I could breathe again. And it was the only thing, like... You know, I ha- it was so hard. Like I remember I couldn't even get my mind off the breathing issue by reading a book. Like I would be so tense and like, like it I had would to take you to hospital a couple of times because you just, I had like, like panic attacks like, and stuff. It was like, yeah, it was like I that. just, yeah. And then I remember reading this amazing book. It was about, it was like the 20, I think it was something about the 28 club or, you know, the whole thing about musicians who, you know, yeah, they yeah. only make it to that age kind of thing. It was a whole big backstory behind what they believed was the reason. And they, they think, it was to do with something about um uh the planets aligning and something to do with that age how you switch and like you change your whole path and you can either go down a path of like you know basically believing that you're this is it and this is your highlight or you can go down the path of like no I'm still got so much more to do but there was a thing about the blue chakra in your throat being the being the creative chakra and it was like something about if you're like you have throat problems and all these issues happen with your throat if this particular like there's a blockage in this energy channel and it made so much sense to me I was reading it and it was around the time it was happening and I'm like I'm not like letting creativity in my body. As soon as I did, I could breathe again. It was just the most, I know it's all, a lot of it's in your mind and it, it is, yeah. but it was a physical thing for me as well. And I connected the two and it just made me forever continue to have that balance between, you know, work pressure that needs to happen because it needs to challenge you, but also creativity and passion. Yeah. Yeah, and you need you? a balance. Oh my God, you absolutely do. And there's nothing, and that's the crazy thing about it is we always say, oh, it's only in the mind, it's just in the mind. But you're, they have a name for this. It's psychosomatic. Yeah. You know, the, the brain is so strong that it absolutely does impact. It oh, will yeah. physically change everything about your body. I was exactly the same, same exact thing. And it's it's a crazy thing. Like we, I don't know if it's because culturally we, because culturally we really make stars out of people that are expressing themselves but at the same time you're all the time expected to do it in your spare time do you know what i mean like yeah. you're supposed to have this job I, I once made this real stupid video about a plumber the idea the premise was the plumber had to go he really wanted to plumb that was like his dream but (laughs) he had to go and play guitar for eight hours a day for this like corporate gig and like write jingles all day and so his fingers would be bleeding and he was just so upset and then he like it called into the boss's office and he had like pipes in his pockets because he was stealing them (laughs) he was like stealing the pipes from the toilets at his corporate gig because he just wanted to be a plumber (laughs) it was like 
it never happens. Like, this is my life all day. Oh. I'd be sitting there just drawing. they look up and be like, oh, shit, no, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. And then it was like, what fucking industry ever makes somebody go and have a normal day job, do that for eight hours a day where you're miserable just killing yourself, and then you go home and you've got three hours to write a song at yeah. night? And then, but then at the same time, we expect you to be perfect on stage, charismatic, have all your shit together, entertain me, you know, yeah. like you must entertain me. <laughs> yeah. And that stupid thing, like people would sit around that have never attempted to lift a finger, never attempted to play the guitar once in their life. And then all of a sudden you, they see you up on stage and they're looking at their phone going, boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. Like you can't win, man. <laughs> so true and the people who do the reviews and the people who get on oh. and they start you know they don't stop typing on YouTube like comments and it's like yeah. they clearly don't have anything else to do but like they're the only people who have time to do that like right exactly and that's that funny thing too because we have this real need especially as you're talking about this feeling in your throat human beings have a real need to express themselves mm-hmm. anybody even the keyboard warrior that mm-hmm. is their outlet and unfortunately it becomes this kind of pathological outlet because they haven't been guided or something got in the way that kind of derailed them off of their proper creative outlet whatever that authentic self is and 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 that's that interesting thing about the internet that it allows you to be an authentic self quote unquote because no one's staring at you you know what i mean there's no ramifications for you because this type of person yeah like they're uh, they maybe struggle out in the real world talking to other people and being able to express themselves. So they get home and it just floods out of them like an explosion, you know? Yeah. And if you, I mean, if we spent more energy, the amount of energy that we spend on people teaching them how to do um, weird mathematics that you're never going to use in your life that I still haven't used, like matrices. <laughs> yeah. Remember oh, that? I like, oh, I never liked that? math. I never did Math was my worst subject. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Numbers don't make any sense to me. But, yeah. <laughs> like time in particular is a real hard one for me. Oh, <laughs> Be I there guess. at 12. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, so like, you know, you spend that much energy. And I think math is obviously an important thing. And for some people, they really need to be channeled down that channel so that we can learn about physics and all of the workings of the world. But we have this really standardized education system that spends all this amount of time in these certain subjects. Well, certain kids need to be funneled in different directions to be able to express that thing, whatever that thing is outside of themselves so that you can learn. Like imagine if you spent half the time at school learning the stuff that you should be learning and then the other half learning about yourself. Yeah. All life, the time. Life lessons. Well, like, just how do I connect to myself? How do I deal with this shame I feel about something? You know, like, why do I even feel ashamed? Yeah. Because isn't that fucked? Like, what was it that stopped you from singing? Well, I kind of, I didn't, I guess I did it for such a short time. I did it in, a little bit in high school. Like, I dabbled in it because I just absolutely loved, I loved music. And obviously, I, it was a huge passion. And female rock singers and you know in general mainly like that was a huge inspiration but I uh and I went to a lot of live shows from a very young age like I started going to festivals I think I was 12 my sister took me to my first big day out (laughs) yeah I nearly got squashed in a mosh pit but it was all good she got me out (laughs) but um and since then I went to music festivals for like 10 years after so it just kept going but I had a huge interest in it but what happened was you know again it was that whole thing in school of um you know you get to year 10 I did a bit of guitar and things like that in like year 10 did a bit of singing in like year 11 and 12 but then had to focus on a career path and so they put you on you know obviously you've got to focus so I just stopped singing and I was like "Mm, you know whatever 
and I just focused on my career path. At the time, it was fashion. I worked for a fashion agency, so I'm still within my the career that I, you know, studied for. Um, and I went to study for that for a few years and, um, and did all of that and just didn't, you know, it was so, again, I was so absorbed in trying to get, you know, through and pass and everything like that that I just didn't even focus on music. It yeah, was just wow. a get through it and, you know, get to my job and then I got the job and I've been there. I've been there now. I'm still at my same job for 12 years because <laughs> I'm very – but also because I can do both and that's yeah. why I've stayed there. And because um, that gives – that job, you know, lucky enough I'm, I have the balance yeah. that I can, I can, you know, I can have with music. So I just stopped because I was focusing on Other what I had to do to make a living. And isn't that funny because you're not even really thinking, you're not thinking, oh, this could be causing my my not breathing issues. You know what I mean? You're not even thinking about it. You're not even thinking that something's missing because you're just doing what you're, you're supposed yeah. to be doing. You get going, you get, no, this is the right thing, the right thing, the right thing. Yeah, yeah it feels like that a lot. Yeah. And you were playing in a punk band before. So from what, were you still in school? No, I was a bit after school. I think I was played guitar in school but I was you know never really it was just fucking around I was I just was about 20 I think when I thought oh yeah I should try and join a band yeah and then um just had my, my best mate his younger brother was playing drums for a band so I went and watched them and then they got me in and yeah it was just that was it I was like fuck this is what I'm supposed to do yeah like, man play music and so you know I'm kind of almost the opposite from that, like where at school and shit, you know, I, I did all right at school, but I always was focused more on, I guess, having fun yeah. or living sort of shit. So like, that's probably why I've dropped out of uni and all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, went, I went from school, went to do hotel management and I don't know why. I mm. even went down that path, like because you had to pick something. Yeah, see? and yeah. I had they no. make you like it's the education yeah. system at the time. They're like, you have to pick something. Just do something. Just go and study. Yeah, something. it's kind of like you. <laughs> if you at, and I, I guess at that time too, you know, trades and stuff weren't doing as well as uni. So everything at school is like you've got to get into uni or yeah, you're fucked, yeah. basically. So then you, I don't know, chose that, and I, I'm full time at uni, and I was uh, first year I, I passed. But full time was like I think, oh, fuck maybe twelve hours, ah, yeah. sixteen hours a week. So I'm surfing, and I'm like, holy shit, I love surfing. So <laughs> this is this is what happens. I'm like, no, I, I was did a leisure management course, and I remember sitting there, and I remember t- the lecturer said something like, you know, how many people of you can do your leisure but feel, um, feel like, not so great doing it because you feel like maybe you should be working is yeah. that affect you and everybody said and I went no <laughs> I was the only person in the whole class that was like no I don't feel like guilty doing this right and I remember sitting there going shit I'm a bit like you know I must be a bit weird or a bit lazy or something <laughs> you're not quite you know, on the right, right. Yeah, the not same, on the right the path. same not the right the same yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going shit yeah. that it's a bit weird and then so I was like well no nah, fuck it that's that's why I dropped out of uni because I just kept surfing. I'd go, yeah. I'd go, I'd go to work, <laughs> get up, go surf, and then have an hour to go to uni. And I'm like, surfing, surfing, surfing. Ah, uh, fuck it, I'll just stay in the water. Yeah. And so I was doing that and playing music and just work. What you call working a bum? Jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty well. Real contributing. Yeah, to society. yeah, making society what it makes it. But you're great. never on the dolly. Nah, well, there you go. I did for actually. No, I was always like, I worked in a lolly factory. I've worked all weird jobs. Like, yeah. 
I'm a master confectionist. I can't even say the word. You worked by sleeping at a lolly factory. Yeah. <laughs> I went to work. On bags of um, on sugar. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get... But, um, he used so, to come back with like pink or oh, blue and pink purple hair or candy in his hair. Yeah, <laughs> smell nice, but he used to have dreads at the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, you know, I always work weird jobs too. Like, I don't know. I guess I never had a a goal or of a career. Yeah, yeah. Never, it's always been about what makes me feel good. Yeah. So, always surfing, always skateboarding, music. Yeah. And then actually being in a band is like. It was like a thing. It was just like, holy shit, I love this. Yeah. And that was um, in my old punk band, Nine Iron. And, um, yeah, so I did that. I was in that band. And, and work. I worked full time the whole time. But, you know, just whatever I was doing. Yeah. My dad's a... But it was never your number one priority. Like, you worked <laughs> shit, hard. No, no. And you no, can, you can work never... hard and it not absorb yeah. you. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and it's you've got to survive a little yeah. bit. But see, this is the interesting thing, man, is that, like, you take <laughs> a lot of that energy and I want to do things that matter to me. But see, what's mm. interesting about it is that there are people that want to trade stocks and it matters yeah, to them, right? exactly. That, fair and that's enough, fuck it. Oh, that's your exactly. thing. Yeah. But your thing wasn't that. Yeah, my thing didn't have, you know, most of the stuff I liked, unless you're that top little percent you can't live off right you know like yeah it, i was never you know, i love surfing but i was never gonna get on the world tour or anything like that or but skateboarding it, same shit but i never cared about that yeah so that's why you know it wasn't about being the best at it it was about was enjoying it doing as best as i can for how much i love doing it yeah and then you got to get by so you got to work yeah, as well work so you got to kind of squeeze all your stuff but that was always more my focus than work yeah well, it's, and, and what's interesting about it too is that like in order to become a good musician and be in that top 1% and mm. be in a place where you actually get to be on stage and showing people what you've created, it takes a lot of years of practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? you got to play the guitar for 10 fucking years before you even have the confidence. Like what you are talking about yeah. before, if you don't have confidence in each other because you don't have the skill set, it doesn't work. You can't yeah. just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be a musician on stage next week. Like, and, and people try it and you can see through it because exactly, you just don't have that energy, that all of that history behind you so what you're doing being a bum isn't like we do need to kind of rethink this as long as you're focusing that energy towards some end goal where you're going to contribute back i don't think there's anything wrong with that in fact i think that's probably the right path for some people like if it felt like it's so right for you all that was was you doing Mm. your apprenticeship to get to a point where you are now i think there is a real danger though in buying into the stereotype that people think that you're wasting time so then you go oh i'm just wasting time i'm a piece of shit i'm not contributing i'm a loser i'm just you know like lazy like you got this idea that you were lazy i was the same i you know leave a really high paying well important or well paid good important job because i want to draw pictures and then all i did was because i had all the money behind me all i did was draw pictures and i did it for six months i painted i drew and i was like oh this is all i ever wanted but i realized how self-indulgent it was yeah because that's i was just doing it for me and if there's one like if there's an authenticity to that because i wanted to do it for me mm-hmm. but then i realized like oh that's only half of the picture here there is value in doing something authentic for myself but there is way more value in doing it in a way that the world's going to get it whether they like it or not is irrelevant that doesn't matter but i'm doing my job to contribute and so that's what this has culminated in for you which is fucking rad you know, and there's a lot of people out there that don't because you get that feeling, oh, I'm a loser, I'm lazy, and then oh, I'll just get another job or whatever. Yeah. I'll just do what I hate and then maybe play my guitar in my basement sometimes. Yeah. And that sucks. 
because those are the people that need to be out on stage. You know, yeah, they're the ones doing it properly. That, yeah, the, and you, but that's why I guess I like I get so frustrated that you you want to want to figure out some way that like and Patreon's actually a really good way for this. Have you guys seen that website Patreon? You know what I'm talking no. about? We haven't started. We should we should do something. Yeah, probably like would help you guys. <laughs> Um, but it's it's this rad thing that basically you can build, you put out there, and similar way to Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Oh yeah. Um, those things are built on projects. Patreon is built on creative people's lives, basically. Mm-hmm. So you can fund a creator of whatever it is that you that they do, as long as it speaks to you or whatever. So like your favorite comic book or whatever, you just love this guy's comics, and he doesn't have a publisher. He's got nobody helping him out but you like his comics you give him 50 bucks a month and that just feeds him and, yeah. and he doesn't have to show you what he's spending the money on or anything but um, he just keeps producing the comic book and so it's like stuff that you like to see like people enjoy this podcast they go to Patreon they put money into it and then that's and then it keeps the podcast moving or whatever and yeah, so then right. that way it's like the, the crowd that you're actually speaking to it's an immediate feedback loop basically that I'm providing some value to some people and those people value that bring the money back to you and, and vice versa and that's mm-hmm. like so you're not waiting for this other external party to tell you you're good enough it's like the people who actually are feeling what you're doing sure, are the right. ones helping you yeah. so yeah. it's a great idea and it's a fucking I, I, whoever came up with that they were spot on with yeah. it it's almost like a um, like how, how you know with charities and stuff you know how you used to just give a one off money but now most charities you know it's online it's a you know a monthly thing it's almost like that kind of a thing isn't yes. it yes but for creative people. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so hard to get that, as you say, like how are you going to get enough time to really put in the time and energy to do something properly if I've got to go and have a full-time job? And then all the time, the other danger of that is going into that full-time job and then getting told that, oh, you're not you're not focused here, you're not doing mm-hmm. good enough. Because you can't, like how can you force yourself to be interested in fucking, I don't know, typing numbers into a spreadsheet yeah, if that's exactly. not what your dream is. Mm-hmm. And I'm never saying that typing numbers in a spreadsheet isn't a good job no, for someone. Because some, some people are suited for that and that's their thing. Yes. And if they love, if that's the whole thing is too, you got to do what you love, work no matter what the fuck. Like if that is like, you know, yeah, you love spreadsheets and stuff. So there is people that, you know, yeah. And that's their thing. Or like like you're saying, stock. Yeah. People doing that. And they love that. Like that's their goal. And that's yeah. they found that. Yes. And they make money off that. That's like the, the two Unfortunately, things that's Unfortunately, we keep picking yeah. the, the wrong industry. No. <laughs> it's yeah, the like, one that doesn't get Damn it, the hardest one. I have to say, though, music, like I'm, I'm in the fashion industry as well and you, everyone thinks that that's cutthroat, but I feel like music is definitely more of a cutthroat mm. industry. Really? Yeah, it is. Um, it, you know, I think with music... Cutthroat industry with no money. Oh, yeah, shit. no money. Yeah, the yeah. thing about it is everyone thinks that musicians make money. Now... The musicians are the only ones who don't make money. Yeah. Everybody around them makes money. So <laughs> yeah. from the promoters to the venues to the ticket companies to the producers to the studios to the every single person makes money off musicians. Wow. And the musician is the one who's putting all of their work and hard time into like it's time and it's you know it's everything it's themselves and that's why it's quite disheartening. It can be quite it, it's hard because it not just it's not about the money which is why we obviously all have to have full-time jobs. Mm. Um but it, it's about the fact it would sorry, let me put that back. The reason why 
you need the money is because you can't do anything else without it. So you can't go on tour. You can't make an album. You can't do all these things well if you don't have money behind you. So, yeah, you can be a musician with no money, but you wouldn't be able to do all the things that you need to do to get your music out there to the world. Right. And, like, you've got the internet, which is great, and you can put free videos up and you you can. You can put things up and they won't cost you a lot of money and you can go with friends who might do your videos for you and charge you nothing. But not everyone has that connection or or that. Not everybody has that. And, like, we do, you know, we do everything ourselves up to the point of, like, we manage ourselves, we book our own shows, we book our own flights, we book our own everything. But also, you know, we, we come up with the ideas for all of our film clips. We have everything from what's happening in that scene to the next scene to the next, you know, like everything is laid out. But unfortunately, we can't do everything. Like I can't film our film clips and I can't, I can't, you know, I can't, I don't have a studio, so I can't get us in there and to record the album. So there's things that cost a lot of money. But I don't know, it comes down to the fact that um, it's hard being a musician doing all of that and watching everybody else around you make money off you. Mm. And that's where it definitely, I'm trying to look into maybe, you know, something out there. And this is not just on our scale. This is on a bigger scale than us as well. So people think that bands that are getting played on Triple J and things like that are all getting money to get played. Well, yeah, there's probably a a, a couple that are like doing pretty well in Australia. Sorry, if they're international, they're most likely if they've gotten to our airwaves, they're pretty, they're normally on a label. Um, for them to get onto an Australian, like, commercial radio station like Triple J. But for an Australian independent band who might get their way onto Triple J because of their sound, um, they still might be making zero dollars. And it's like everyone just thinks... They're most likely are, sorry. They're most likely not making any money. And so it's a real hard one because people definitely think that you are and they think oh so you must be getting paid like but it's it's just it's what the world's turned into with the with the internet everything's free and no one wants to pay for music um even live gigs are hard people want to pay three hundred dollars to go see one one international star come over and do a set but they won't support their local that's not everybody so i'm not saying everyone but it is in general scale like in a more bigger scale than a smaller one (laughs) it is hard to get people to live shows and even with a $10 door charge. Mm. And it's like, you know, there, there is need for support, especially with independent bands. And it's not that you're not working your butt off for it. It's like, you know, I think people think, oh, oh whatever, they're just... You know, why should I give them $10? Like, they're living their dream playing music. Yes. But it's like... It's like that song, that Pink Floyd... Or not Pink Floyd, Dire Straits song, when they're talking about money. You know, that great song is like... Get your kicks for free. free. And it's like, fuck. I've got no idea. But it's not about that. Like, it's the fact that, yeah, that's true. But we, we front everything. Like, it's all the money's coming from us. We work for this band. Like, we work and we our money goes towards the music and that's fine we do that's our choice and like we don't have to choose that but we choose it because we love it yes but there would be a really great thing if we could if there was something out there that we could kind of start that would help the musicians like kind of like what you were saying about that podcast um you know that is a a gateway to musicians being able to do what they love but still to help help just fund them get a bit further um without you know thinking well why should i fund them because they're just doing what they want to do 
Yeah, Anyone it can is. Do it. And then, and that's again another product of this kind of pathological feeling that like mm-hmm. why would I not contribute to something that matters to me? It's because a I'm struggling to get by to fund my own dreams, so I've got to kind of keep my shit together for my own self. And b um, I'm jealous that you're doing what you want to be doing because I'm not doing what I'm doing. So fuck you. Yeah. You yeah. figure it out. You know, there's yeah. so much of that going on. Yeah. It's like, man, if you had a society of people that were very content and happy down the road that they were on. And I'm not saying that things should be easy no, because no. nothing really good comes out of no, easy. You no. To, no. You, know, you really got to work through it. You yeah. feel better for it. You feel better knowing that you've worked your ass off and that you've challenged, mm. you know, you've challenged yourself. M- music is definitely one. Um, I, I do find it tough because I'm quite an emotional person um, that I find I, it is definitely an industry that I chose that I sometimes feel like, wow, if I didn't choose this, I wonder if I'd be happier in the way yeah. that not because of we what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> not, not because of what I'm doing. Because like I love every time I, I play music, like I love it. Like I mm. love seeing, you know, it's not that. It's the feeling and it's the, sometimes it's that, um, the rejection or negativity oh, you get God. back from it. And that's any creative. Yeah. It's harder on us because we put our whole heart and soul into it. Mm. We don't just put our heart and soul, we put our wallets into it. Like everything goes into it. And for somebody to, and it's not even bad feedback. Like we, we've been pretty good with that. Like it's, it's actually been really positive. It's, it's yeah. sometimes it's just like, um, it's just that little like kick that just makes you go, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. why do I do this to constantly feel like shit? But then it's because it's all worth it. Because yeah. the times when you feel good, it's really good. You it's know. crazy good, yeah. yeah. When you reach that kind of level of connection to yourself or what you're trying to do or you have that one good show, I mean, it's the same you mm. would know this from getting a wave. Like, you'll sit out in the ocean for fucking six hours and you get two good waves, but <laughs> that's the whole time. Yeah. That, that wave, yeah. like, if you get that one wave, you yeah. walk in and be like, it was, I don't care if I sat there for six hours. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. It is. Like, there is something that's so... And, that, and that's because it's hard. It is hard. There, these things... Like this feeling of that reaching your potential or whatever is such a slog that when it finally shows its head, like really does feel fucking amazing. And I think that the existence of doubt, I say this to a lot of fighters when they're just about to go into the ring, when they start getting the nerves and they go, oh no, fuck, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why. Um, and I get that constantly. I mean, that's one of my, the biggest voices in my head is like, why the fuck do I even do this? I hate this. <laughs> and, you, and you do sometimes get it. But um, what I always say to them is that this, uh, this fear that's happening right now is your anesthetic. Without adrenaline, you would feel every punch and every kick. Mm. But when you get in the ring and with that adrenaline, you you can't feel anything. So you, I mean, I've broken ribs. I broke my nose. I've broken, you know, you have muscles get exploded. You cork yeah. thighs and you don't feel shit. And people are like, oh man, you're so tough. And it's like, no, no, I'm not tough. My body has a mechanism that switches off anything that hurts because it's that fucking intense. And so in the same way, this uh, this feeling of doubt, and not being good enough and worry if I'm making a connection to something. Is this, is this, have I got something to say here? Like, is there meaning behind the music I'm trying to make? Or is this any good? That doubt is the thing that makes everything better when you push past it. So you need that doubt to know that you got through it mm. at the end of the day. You know, like we can hate it and we can resent it and, and listen to that voice of doubt or go, no, thank you. You're helping me realize that this is the most important thing I could be doing. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And yeah, it's exactly it. Like you need to have that. And again, it's that whole balance thing. Like it, 
If you don't, if, imagine if you didn't have that, then you would just be so. Well, you'd be pretty egotistic, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd be yeah. just, imagine that, just that really gross Walking overconfidence. Around, it's like, I'm so good. Like, yeah. I don't, it's like you need, everybody needs to have. And that's you what great. You just need a tiny little element of it. Yeah. Not enough to make yeah, it just quit. Not enough to cripple. <laughs> it's it's definitely, to... and that's how you write new songs as well. Yeah, and I that's bet. the thing, you know, I don't write a song based on being happy. Yeah. I write a song based on something pissed me off or something got to me or something made me upset or something mm. is most likely and like a, a heartache or something emotional like mm. happy emotion is great but you know I'm not probably if I'm really really happy emotionally I'm probably not sitting down and writing a song like right. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, I'm probably oh, no, out I'm there running mother. through the fields or doing something <laughs> 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 it's like you know you've got to let it out and that's the other thing um it's important to I love the fact that I have this outlet that I can think about something and once I've sung about it it's like offloading it wow yeah so it's course. like I can write about something and then just offload it so it's actually a really cool way to get through anything like it sure, is sure. a really cool and everyone should do it they should write down their yeah. issues and offload it like just yep done turn the page yep and it's don't need to know about it anymore like and I have, um, I read this great book a while ago. It's called The Artist's Way. Have you guys heard of this book? No. Um, it's a book of exercises. It's like a, how many, how long is it? Six weeks, I think, that you're supposed to work your way through this book. And it's um, to help creative people that have lost track of their whatever it is, like their, you know, their passion or whatever, or if they got stuck yeah, in a block or you're kind of feeling buried under that doubt and you're supposed to do like a series of sometimes totally meaningless exercises, just weird shit to kind of break up that constant pattern of rational thinking. And it helps you kind of reignite those creative centers in your head. And one of the, um, one of the exercises in it is called morning pages and you're supposed to take a book. I've got mine here. Just one of these like a five things. Um, and you write three pages minimum every single day before you start anything. So the very first second you wake up in the morning, it takes about 15 or 20 minutes, so you need to set your alarm that much earlier. Wake up before you do anything, before you look at your phone, before you wow. do anything. It's just write. And um, it's, this, it's supposed to be just mind slop. <laughs> just like yeah. no one should ever, ever, ever <laughs> read it. <laughs> like it, it's so incoherent and it's I can imagine it'd just be like, yeah, lots of blubber. Whatever it is. is coming straight out. And it's a amazing you yeah. sit there and watch yourself just being a self that thinks about stuff and is like oh and this happened because of this but really yeah. i don't actually know what the fuck i'm talking about because i'm an idiot and now i'm hungry because it's like, <laughs> it literally is just the most inane stupidest shit but yeah. it's it's exactly that cleansing as soon as it's mm-hmm. over after those three pages i'm like all right I'm good. That's great. Like, I get this yucky stuff out of my head, and then every once in a while, you'll just have that beautiful moment of, like, insight, and you write down an idea for a painting or write an idea for a song or whatever, and then it's like, oh, cool, I can go back to that. That was useful. So in this mind dump, it clears out any kind of yucky shit that might be in the attic, and then you just restart your day again. Oh, and it's it's a, it's a great way yeah, of not it's... dumping your shit onto somebody else. That's <laughs> yeah. a really good exercise. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and, like, roll over, and then you're like, oh, guess what? <laughs> you know, and then they're like, fuck, not again. <laughs> this time, just, just, when he does that to you, yeah. and you do it to him, yeah. just, like, pick up the book and go, write yeah. it down. It <laughs> write it down write and it burn down. it. Use a pen. <laughs> and you never look at it again. And it's pretty That's amazing because I'm writing this book now, and I've done this process for the last five years or so, so I have five years of daily 
exactly what I'm feeling about everything. So when I'm trying to go back into that um, state of mind that I was in when I was really fucked up, it's like, uh, it's not too hard to actually get there because I just find that journal from that period of time and listen to my mind slop. That's really cool. Mm, Yeah, it's awesome. And so you do obviously go back and read it. I have now, and do you know there's a real danger in doing that? Oh, yeah. I was, I was, so the... I went back because um, I needed to rewrite this section of the book. I've been reading a, a chapter of the book at night to Melina so that she can get, just get somebody else's perspective. And essentially the way the book is written is that it's a chapter is a story of what happened to me like uh, during this period of my life. And then the second, the chapter behind it is like kind of in thoughts about what that was and what was psychologically going on with me or whatever during that time so there's like two narrators that are kind of talking about this thing so anyways I had to go I read this to her at one point she's like I don't really get what happened there because you just skirted over a whole bunch of shit and then I looked at it and I was like of course I skirted over it that was horribly painful that stuff was it was breaking up with a boyfriend that I was with for six years that I fucking loved. And, the, and inexplicably, it was I was 26 years old, and it was getting to that cusp where I just had this overwhelming sensation that I needed to pursue my own creative self, and I couldn't do it with anybody else. And I just got that lots, like, stuck into my head. Even though he's my best friend, I just it was so locked into my head that I could not see past it. Yeah. And so then I was like, all right, well, I got to go. Broke up with him, and then all of a sudden I was in fucking free fall because it was like I didn't know anything else, and I had no idea how it was literally like there was a rope tied around my waist and he was the anchor on the other side of it. I let the anchor go and I was running off a cliff. Oh my God. And I had no idea that that was ahead of me. Yes. <laughs> and then it was just, fuck, five years of pure free fall drugs, drinking at the worst kinds of shit that you can get yourself up to. But obviously yeah. it came out of it fine on the other side. But yeah. um, So the book is about this decision to basically follow the truth or follow this sensation. But... So I had to go back and rewrite those sections because I needed to actually put some emotion into it to make it a readable book. And um, I did it over a course of a weekend, sat down, read my journals, and then wrote. And uh, one of my friends came over to visit, and he was like, I don't know who you are. He's like, are you okay? And I was just like, just all of of that, all of the emotion, all of the just dark thoughts I'm reading journals I, I'm just reading myself writing this yeah. stuff like I don't know why I exist <laughs> you know yeah, I was like gosh. holy shit wow. real shit yeah you, know, yeah. you can get pretty get deep in yourself can't you seeing how, where you were then just actually yeah and remembering like yeah. fuck that was me yeah and it's and it's too easy to be like, oh, I'm still me. Yeah, that was scary. But um, yeah, yeah, obviously having good people around me and I and knowing that like, and that's the thing again. Like we have always going back to the very beginning. Like having this idea that the greater good is uh, the book overall needs to have enough value to be out there in the world to for other people to see it that there is a point to doing this shit it's yeah. not I don't want it to be some kind of self-indulgent mind dump like oh, look you need to I do it for yourself yeah. but it is it is about yourself but it is also about it being more of a priority than that like it's, yeah. it's your it's everyone's livelihood like it's it should be anyway. yeah and having something to say that maybe is uh, of some contribution to the world at large and so yeah. you do this shit because it hurts but it's worth it and because it because it hurts so much it means that mother, must be other people out there that yeah. hurt in the same way oh definitely you know because we're all the same shit really at the end of the day yeah Yeah. and most of the time if they're you know they're hiding it most people are hiding Mm. it 
Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's hiding it. <laughs> and it's funny, isn't it weird how like we all are the same, but then there's certain things that everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you do that. But it's just like, we've been doing this forever. Like yeah. as human beings. Like, what? you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it's still, yeah, I've actually got this book that I'm reading at the moment, really interesting, um, about faith. And it's this, um, it's like a, from a professor's, Oh, he's just got this, it's huge. It's like, I've only gotten through such a small amount of it, but it goes back on like faith and how, um, it it dabbles into a lot of different religions and things like that because of obviously, um, you know, many reasons, but it's really scary because there's just so many like things that make sense that you never would have thought about. Like just the whole thing of, um, there's nothing like there's no evidence to back up things that people believe in, right. but they believe so strongly oh, God, yeah. about it that they hurt people for it, or they, yeah. you know, they, there is. It's so scary. Mm. It actually is so scary. It is worse. Like it says in the book at one point, like it is worse to have almost hate from faith than it is from like being hated, being like a killer. Or yeah, yeah, like, having a rational excuse no or whatever. Rational, yeah. It's just the most irrational, like the way it speaks about how people live their life built on all this, you know, this one little bit of faith that they just, they're clinging on to that mm. makes no sense. Like, wow. it's actually amazing. I'm going to really get into this book. I think I've really got to keep reading it. <laughs> I don't have time to read it, but yeah. Have you guys seen the, um, this new documentary on um, Netflix, Wild Wild Country? Oh, no. Oh, God. Is that on Netflix? Oh, I'll have to get yeah. on to that. There's a few um, docos I actually need to watch. Oh, it's Quite great. It's exactly that that conversation, basically. It's a group of people that have, like, started a commune, um, a religious faith-based commune in Oregon, and then just take over the town. Oh, <laughs> and it's mental. And it, it, what's cool about it is it's shown from both sides and that, like, the belief of the God-fearing Christians that are in that town really struggle with the free sex and liberty thing that's going on next door. And it escalates to a pretty much civil war between these two people yeah. or two groups of people. And both of them, 100%, it's just rooted in faith. It's mm-hmm. that one of them has a belief system that free sex is no good and the other people believe that they're living their life the right way. And they have proof to show that actually mm-hmm. people are generally happier where they are and these people are just kind of stuck in the mud, old fuddy-duddies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it turns into very violent affair yeah I can imagine well that's what it's always turned into I know and you meet someone with their belief against your beliefies my beliefies and it's like a never ending fight isn't it it's like oh here we go the topic of religions come up and and there's no alcohol what's going on Sometimes for the better, everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, it never ends. It gets very vicious, doesn't it? Um, it's funny. Well, yeah, we'll get off that topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we have been talking for ages. Do you guys want to play some music? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can I do something? Yeah. All right, awesome. I'll stop we'll this recording and we'll start that.